IDC Radio. Part of your world with Shiri Epstein and Tally Cohen. Hello everyone, this is Part of Your World in the IDC International Radio 106.2 FM. I'm your host, Tally, and I'm here with my co-host, Shiri. Shiri, what's up? Hey, Tally. Uh, today's episode is a very exciting episode for both of us. Exactly. We're, we were really excited like when we were thinking through what episodes we're going to talk about. This one was one of our favorites. So to let you know what we're talking about, um, our episode is going to be based on feminism. But first of all, we're going to go into some updates, some Easter eggs, and then we'll continue on to our feminism episode. Amazing. So our first update is actually very interesting. So Disney announced that they're going to do, well, of course, like Disney parks and Disney stores, they sell dolls of the princesses and all the characters. So they're working on a plastic-free packaging for those toys. Specifically now for um, Earth Day, I'm really excited to see that. And Disney moving forward with like the efforts of everybody else with plastic-free exactly. environment. Exactly. Um, continuing on, as of the recording of today, this, today is April 27th, um, Infinity Wars was released in 2018 on Feels April like 27th. Feels like yesterday. 100%. I love Infinity Wars. It's a great movie. Yeah, it really is. I do prefer Endgame, though. I agree. We will talk more about the Avengers in this episode. Oh, we will, definitely. Um, But, you know, it's a nice little thing to start us off with. Yes, um, and, um, well, we also have a, a new movie release that will come out in 5th of March of this year. Raya and the Last Dragon. Right, it's the first Southeastern princess. So she's an Asian princess. So she's also... Uh, there is going to be an episode about ethnicity and we're probably going to talk about her. And, and Hopefully it'll be because... out for a little bit of time so people will have a time to watch the movie so we exactly. don't also spoil it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, by the way, a warning for all of episodes. Again, spoiler, spoiler alert. Right. Um, continuing on for our last update is that a movie called Encanto is coming out November uh, 24th, 2021. So we have a little while to go on it. Yeah. Um. It seems like a nice, like, cute little movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really a Disney vibe. Yeah. Also, yeah. the song, the name of it being in Spanish makes me think a lot that it's going to be centered kind of like Coco in, like, a Spanish-speaking yeah. era. Not going to lie, when you said the name of the movie, you showed so much of your Spanish-speaking accent. I, I had to. <laughs> I know, it's automatic, I get it. Well, anyway, so now we're moving on to Easter eggs. So the first Easter egg is a very nice one, in my opinion. So in Moana, while, while Maui is singing You're Welcome, which is a very underrated song, if you ask me, uh, Flounder, the fish from Little, Mer Little Mermaid, he appears. Right, look out for a group of fish swimming, and uh, Flounder is there. Yeah. Um, the other e uh, Easter egg that we have is Mulan appearing in a poster in L Lilo's wa uh, Wall in Lilo and Stitch. Um, I think it's... It's cute. I like the fact that it's like so random that a girl in Hawaii would have a Mulan poster. Yeah. But it, it also kind of makes it go with like the whole Disney vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the interchanging of all the movies. Okay. So moving on to the main segment of today's episode and something Italian and I are so excited to talk about. Totally. Uh, feminism. So we 
divided this episode into two segments. We want to talk about princess and feminism, and then um, the Marvel, Marvel universe. Yeah. yeah, MCU's because uh, MCU is like a Disney, so we thought of including them. Right. Also, because we think that like there was a lot of changes, and obviously there's more improvements that could come from this. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're looking forward talk- to the future of this. We are totally, totally. Disney is really kind of progressing that way. So before we start talking about the princesses themselves, we want to go over princess requirements. So what is considered a Disney princess? Shiri, do you want to tell us? Yeah, so they have about five requirements to be a Disney princess. So the first one is that you have to be human-like. And they specifically said human-like because of princesses like Ariel. Yeah. Um, you must to be the heroine of your movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need you can't be introducing a sequel. You need to be in the original movie, right? You must either marry into a royal family or be born in a family, or the new exception, which we will talk about continuing on, is being a heroism. Yeah, an exceptional heroism, like act or like a character. And uh, the heroine's movie needs to be a commercial success as well. And we say that because there were princesses that were taking off. For example, Tinkerbell at one point was considered a princess, and now yeah. she's been removed from that yeah um so we're gonna start off with uh, we want to talk a little bit about like the first uh princesses for example like sleeping beauty cinderella mm. um snow white and how they weren't feminists at all and if you think time wise like you can really notice in disney's timelines of releasing movies you can really see the progressing of how disney came to be a feminist franchise maybe Right. So obviously these movies came out a while ago. And yeah. Obviously our as a society our values change. Of course. So like the first movies, you know, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, all of those, their whole progress kind of thing was the fact that like, you know, it's a a princess waiting for a prince to save her and exactly. the love story. Exactly. We progressed from that. Yeah, thankfully. That, that was the original Disney formula. If you pick, like, if you think about all the initial princesses, the whole movie is about finding true love. And uh, in Snow White's and Sleeping Beauty's case, they they fall asleep and they need a prince to wake them up. So, like, they don't have the independence that princesses are getting in the most recent Disney movies. Right. Continuing on from that, I think we should talk about Belle. Yes. Because okay. Belle has a big controversy about it yes um the creator came out to say that she thinks Belle changed the beast and that's why she's like this feminism icon because she changed him Mm -hmm. um not a lot of people agree with that tell you do you want to tell us why yes okay so uh Belle's whole movie is about her falling in love with the beast she's kidnapped by the beast because of her father and then she falls in love with the beast but the thing is, there is something called Stockholm Syndrome. We, we're going to explain in a second what it is, if you guys don't know. Um, so basically what it is, is when you're being held captive by someone and you fall in love with the person that kidnapped you. So that's what people say happens in Big right. Beauty and the Beast. Um, apart from only falling in love, you because this person isn't mistreating you, you take that as affection. Yeah. And that's the whole issue. It's kind of like how our brain reacts to harsh situations. Yeah. Um, the creator did come out to say that she doesn't think it's true. She didn't create it that way. She wanted a an icon of an independent woman. Which is kind of true because if you think about it, Belle is like smart. She she doesn't want the men in her life to decide stuff for her. She reads books. And all the other princesses, they don't have this kind of personality as like 
an independent character in the movie. Like, they're, they're starring their movies, but they're not the star, you could say, somehow. Right. Um, I mean, so, so yeah. that's the whole thing with Belle. Belle is a great start for a, a feminist princess. Yes, It's course. just a whole added-on thing of uh, maybe she has Stockholm Syndrome, which made us kind of, like, doubt it. Not just us. Press in general kind of does it. Isn't yeah. really sure where to put her. Yeah. Also, the movie came out in 91. Mm-hmm. So that's an important fact to for the timeline of how Disney progressed. As... Right. We're going to continue on to, like, the first actual that like, we can state for a fact is a feminist princess, yes. which would be Mulan. Mulan, iconic. She, uh, Mulan iconic. came in, came out in 98. Yeah. And, of course, she was the first official feminist princess. So what happens with Mulan is she saves, she pretends she is a man so she can fight and save China, which is what she does by the end of the movie. Right. Also, if you haven't listened to our last episode, we talked a lot about Mulan's origins. Oh, yes. And uh, it's actually based on a true story. Long story short. I mean, believe like people believe that. I mean, it's right. Um, so what we were talking about, like the whole um, show of uh, heroism as an act to be a, a princess requirement was changed for Mulan. Yeah. Because they wanted Mulan to be a Disney princess, but she wasn't royal blood. She didn't marry into royal blood. She ended up marrying like her commander. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a really big controversy when it comes down to it. It's because the whole movie is based around soldiers. Yeah. And there's a lot of toxic masculinity oh, in it. Oh, totally. And the song, I'll Make a Man Out of You, it's really contradictory because... Um... There's also the song Girl Girl Worth Fighting For, which is also really controversial. So, like, if you deeply analyze the songs in Mulan, you can hear uh, Mulan kind of, like, disagreeing. There's a quote in Girl Worth Fighting For, which um, Mulan's fellow soldiers, they're, like, saying, oh, I want a girl that does this, a girl that cooks, a girl that cleans, whatever. And then she says, like, what about a girl that speaks her mind? Right. So, so there's this whole thing. We, most people, most critics agree that Mulan is definitely much, much more of a feminist movie. She proves that she's better than most of the band in exactly. her uh, brigade. My opinion in Mulan is that Mulan's a feminist princess, but the movie itself isn't that feminist. What brings it to feminism is Mulan's personality. Right, I agree. Mulan definitely, like, she outranks everything. She, yeah. she saves China at the end of the day and that's what makes her this like feminist movie because like even though they sent only men the person who won the war for them was Mulan. was Mulan yeah totally uh continuing on we're gonna talk about Moana and then Elsa it doesn't follow the exact timeline, timeline yeah. just because we want to end the Disney princesses with Elsa because we think she has the most impact yes totally so going on to uh, Moana which came out in 2016 She's the latest princess to be accepted into the Disney Princess Court. Yes. And uh, Moana's a very feminist movie. First, to start with, uh, she's the daughter of the chief. And she's the second one. She's the next one in line to be the chief of uh, her village. Right. So it's not just like, you know, she's she's going to marry some, some prince somewhere. Like, she is the one who's going to take charge. Exactly. Exactly. And the very nice thing about Mo- Moana as well is that there is no prince in the there is no love interest in the movie. Her kind of like co star is Maui and they have no romantic relationship at all. They're just friends. Right. The the whole point of uh Moana is that she saves her people and it's her who her, does it. Exactly, exactly. Without any kind of love interest. So like the thing is, um 
Disney princesses that have kind of a prince saving them, they give this message for like young children and young girls watching it that they need a man to do their like for them to be successful, they need to marry a man or they need to have I don't know a man in their lives. Moana does it all by herself. Exactly. 100%. And even even when she gets the help from Maui, he ends up freaking out and leaving. Yeah. And Moana still goes and she still fights for what she thinks is right. Exactly. And at the end of the day, she saves the day. It's not yeah. Maui, it's not her dad, it's not any other man, it's Moana. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, it has a really high score in Rotten Tomatoes. It has a ninety-five percent critic is a big review. Deal. It's just—it's a big deal. Which is—it is a great movie. It, it is, is good. a great movie. I, I love the songs as well. The songs are good. I like yeah. the message. I think it's a great message to give young women everywhere. Totally, of yeah. the fact that they can achieve things on their own and they don't need other people's yeah. help. I feel like the new um, the new generation of Disney children that watch Disney movies, they're being brought up in a very different way we were when we were children. Yeah. And I think that's so positive. I agree. Like, I think movies were getting better as we were children, but yeah. now they're much more inclusive in this whole thing of like, you don't need a, like somebody to save you. You can save yourself. You can save your people. You can help. Yeah, Disney's changing their formula, which is... Very good, in my opinion. I agree. So lastly, the last movie we're going to talk about, Disney Princesses, is um, Elsa in Frozen. Yeah, it's very important to state that Elsa is not an actual Disney princess. She's not considered by the Disney franchise a princess. Right. And neither is Anna, even though we're not going to talk about Anna in this episode. But the reason for that is by the end of Frozen 2, they're both queens. Yeah exactly um so you know they don't need to be part of the princess thing they're queens on their own right um Mm -hmm. both of them by their own right are queens yeah um and then also what we like about elsa and like frozen one specifically is the whole thing that the true love is between sisters even so in the end of the movie when elsa needs a true love kiss which is a very classic disney move the person who gives her the true love's kiss is her sister, Anna, which is... I, I think it's like a hug at the end of it. I think uh, Hans is trying to oh, smash yes, Elsa yes. into pe- pe- pieces and like, um, sorry, Anna into pieces. And then Elsa hugs her yeah. and she comes back alive. Yeah. Either way, it just shows that like you don't need... Your true love can be somebody in your family because yeah. like it is true love. You it do is. love people in your family. You love friends. You love your family members. You don't need a man to show what true love is. Right. And uh, Moana... Uh, whereas Moana has he has no love interest at all, Frozen does have love conflicts, not with Elsa specifically, but with Anna. So Hans and Kristoff. Right, and there's even a point um, where Anna tells Elsa that she's in love with Hans. Yeah. That Elsa even makes a comment about it, about like, why do you need a man? Like, don't marry a man that you, you just, just met. met. Exactly, which is what most Disney princesses did in the old movies. Right, which also shows a difference in Disney movies. They're actually acknowledging the fact that, like, Disney princesses marry the first guy they meet. Exactly, exactly. Which is great for young women. Don't have this impact of, like, you meet someone, you fall in love, and that's it. You should marry them. It's not realistic. Yeah. And Elsa straight up saying that is great. Yeah. Um, We're going to continue on to Marvel. Marvel has amazing female characters. Amazing, amazing. The thing about Marvel, though, is only recently they started doing movies where the superhero, the women superheroes starred them. Like, right. about them. Because we have, like, Thor, we have Iron Man. Like, they have their own movies. And then Marvel wasn't doing that for women superheroes. Right. Um, I will say what makes me a little sad in our research that we found this is that, critically speaking, there's not been a, a push forward into having 
more Marvel female characters. Like, critics have been criticizing the amount of, like, female empowerment in it, which yeah. we don't like. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, um, we think it's great to have these strong female warriors and superheroes for young women out there, even yeah. for us, like, even as for adults. Us, yeah. I feel like Disney Princess is more kind of reaching for children, but Marvel's kind of, like, a older audience as well. Right, I think it's more going from, like, teenagers upwards. Yeah. And, like, it's great to see somebody that, like you can relate to and like we'll talk about this going into like we're going to talk about black panther yeah and like all of this general thing um the first movie we're going to talk about is black widow um she was considered kind of i want to say the smurfette of the mcu yeah which basically just means she's like the female character in the background yeah she's just there to be a female character and she's the only avenger women woman at the She's beginning, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the beginning, of course. Then uh, Wanda comes, right? And there, but... there's, there's more. Mm-hmm. So, so that was the whole thing for a really long time, starting from with the first movie, with, where she shows up. That like she's just an extra female character. Yeah. Um, but then she grows in the MCU, and now she's gonna have her own movie. Right. So the thing that I, I saw about this, and I completely agree, mm-hmm. is the fact that it took so long for the first female oh, Avenger. Yes. To get, to get her own movie. movie. Yeah. And they did it after she sacrificed herself. Yeah. So, like, exactly. d- did she really have to sacrifice herself For to th- get a starring role? Yeah. And it's very important also to say that uh, a rating from the fans of MCU rate her 4.8 of 5. So, like, she is a favorite. People do like her. Well, she's an amazing spy. And she she's is. a great fighter. Mm-hmm. She can definitely hold her own. And all the fighting scenes we've seen her in, she holds her own. Like, she doesn't yeah. need them exactly she's Um, really independent right a big issue with black widow and this has come from a lot of feminist like writers on the internet is that she's hypersexualized. her outfits are always really tight really skin showy this also happened with uh wanda Mm -hmm. yeah she even like the actress even complained herself that like she wasn't comfortable with all her outfits if you really think about even comics you see that all the female heroes, even the villains, they're sexualized. Like, their outfits and, like, the drawings and, like, the way they're portrayed. Right. Um, we're going to continue on to one of, like, the big female um, characters out there, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. So she was actually the first woman superhero to get her own movie. She started her own movie. And also, uh, not regarding the comics themselves, like Marvel, but MCU specifically, she's the most powerful superhero, and she's a woman. Right. In the comics, I will make an extra comment, because I think it's also important. The most powerful superhero is also a woman. Yeah. Her name is Captain Universe. Yeah. Um, Which is also important, you know, like, even in the comics, they're taking appreciation into, like, women uh, being strong. Yeah. But anyway, there's a huge thing with uh, Captain Marvel, where the Chicago Tribune came out to say that they think it's too much feminism and they're overdoing it and they don't need that kind of movie um i disagree i think that most of the media disagrees because there's a lot of positive comments on the movie yeah rotten tomatoes has a 79 percent rating which shocked me when i saw that Mm -hmm. Um, because generally speaking i think captain marvel showed a lot of like feminism and like that there's this whole like plot about it about like her being a pilot mm-hmm. in the air force yeah. and then um and another very important fact is that captain marvel like the, the time when the movie comes to be 
it's uh which year is like it's not recent no it's so she's actually officially credited as the first uh avenger yeah and she yeah. leaves the planet yeah um they created this whole avenger kind of like superhero thing based on captain marvel mm-hmm. honestly, which is why it's also called marvel universe by the way <laughs> honestly like i as a like i didn't like the movie itself like kind of like as an entertainment movie i didn't think it was entertaining but i think it was so important like advance wise for the mcu it was a huge landmark right and also first of all like captain marvel in uh endgame has a great scene where like uh spider-man is on the floor and he's getting beat up and like he can't hold his own weight and then she and all the other women in the mcu oh, show up scene, and defend yeah. him and they're like just let the women do the job yeah yeah that's and like that's an amazing a- scene when i watched it like at the movie theaters i was like yes hell yes right because it's true sometimes you just gotta let the women do the job exactly um you know and they they obviously hold their own weight generally all the females in this movie do but uh captain marvel is basically seen by the end of her movie going into uh the avengers movies both (laughs) end game and uh, infinity wars yeah um she she's set up as like this like specific person that they need mm-hmm. like um yeah. fury carries around her i don't think it's a phone i think it's a pager her mm-hmm. pager to call her yeah whenever needed and that's kind of how it all starts she's so powerful that she's not in most of the movie because she if she were like the problems of the movie and the plot would be solved in like five minutes right that's she's how also, powerful she is she's also fly like from the time of her movie until like uh infinity war starts yeah. What basically happens is she's flying around the universe trying to help people. Yeah. Um, continuing on to some side characters in their movies, which is a little sad, but mm-hmm. they're great characters in general. We're going to talk about Gamora. Gamora, from... the queen. Oh, I love Gamora. Um, if you don't know, she's part of... Guardians of the Galaxy. She's great, first of all. Her actress is amazing. She is. The biggest issue that we have with Gamora is that in the comic books... She's such a great character. Like, she's really out there and feminist and everything. But then in the movies, they kind of change that. They do. Like, her, her kind of storyline is based on her falling in love with Peter Quill. Right. And before that, it's about uh, her Thanos, her dad. Yeah. And it's not about her, which is a little sad because, like... She's a badass end, fighter. At the end of um, Endgame... She has this whole redeeming arc because she comes back from the future, from the past, and she's not the same Gamora that we have been with this whole time. Yeah, and she still goes against Thanos and like helps her like quote unquote enemies. Exactly, which is like it's amazing, and she's she's such a great fighter. She's a, she's amazing. She's she's this badass woman. She can definitely hold her own in every scene she's in. Definitely, definitely. It's a little sad that they I... made the whole thing about the man in her life i feel like the difference between princess feminism and marvel feminism is that even though if the marvel characters aren't that feminist all of them can actually hold themselves in a fight right all of them they actually have the same powers as men and they can fight and sometimes they're even better like captain marvel of course uh the last person we're gonna talk about is from the black panther oh my god i love her shuri she's the sweetest i love her so the actress that played her um got actually a lot she said specifically a flood load of messages from girls 
telling her that thanks to that movie, they want to go to STEM fields. If you don't know what STEM fields are, it's science, um, technology, engineering, maths. Mm-hmm. Um, STEM, <laughs> for short. <laughs> Which yeah. is great because... It's they- such a good incentive. Right. Also, STEM has the least amount of females in the field. Yeah. So a bunch of girls coming out and being like, this is what I want to do thanks to this movie. Like, I've seen That's a big deal. the capability of, of, of a woman. It's great. That's a big deal. And a very, like, kind of, like, eye-catching thing about Shuri is that she's 16. She does all that she does. She's, like, this amazing, brilliant, so smart young woman. And she's, like, she's not the main character in Black Panther, but she has such a presence in the movie. Right. So in the movie, she designs all the technology, like you said. Yeah. Which, for a 16-year-old, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Nate Moore, the producer of Black Panther, specifically said that she's the smartest person in the world. She's smarter than Tony Stark. And she's just a young girl. She's 16. And she's the brightest person in the universe. Which exactly insane, inspiring, insane and inspiring. Right, it's really nice also that the producer came out to say this because like it's it's a female who knows what she's doing and she stands up for herself. She's very like in every movie she's, she's a in, girl boss. She's a girl boss, literally a, a girl boss. Yeah, she she also tries to um so in Endgame she take like tries to take out the crystal from Vision. Yeah, but she doesn't succeed. But that's because of Thanos. But she's really close to it, which is something that every other person in the world couldn't do all the like in endgame all the avengers just go to wakanda with vision to have shuri's help specifically so they stop all all what's like going on the thanos war and whatever just to get shuri's help and she's like the 16 year black girl which is also a very big landmark here and she just saves the day by herself Right. Also, I should generally state that Black Panther, not just being the whole thing with the black cast, which is amazing, amazing, and casting. a huge improvement, and I think we need to keep moving forward, um, is also very big on female empowerment. Yeah. Not just Shuri. Not just Shuri. They have female fighters. All their yeah. fighters are female. Literally, they are, their army are females. Which is also an improvement. So, like, this movie hits, like, two rocks with one stone. No, yeah. two birds with one stone. That's the saying. Yeah. Um, which is great. It's a great movie generally going around. And that's what we have to say about feminism. We hope that this continues improving throughout oh, the time. Oh, I, I really think it will. I'm really happy with our research and how it's coming out. And, you know, there's a lot more characters in movies that we didn't talk about that you yeah. could look up most female characters and now in movies nowadays from disney are much more empowered also not only princesses i mean there are other female characters like animals or picture characters there was also marina we didn't talk about her specifically she's a feminist icon for sure but we didn't talk about her specifically because she's a picture princess not a disney princess right also um she does fit by the way into the category of disney princesses but there's like we said, there's so many more. Yeah. Um, we just talked about some of our favorites. We want to see improvements. We want to keep going on with this uh, feminist movement in Disney, Marvel, Pixar movies. Definitely. And that was part of your world here in IDC International Radio 106.2 FM. I'm Shiri. I'm Tali. And thank you for being with us today. <laughs>